Welcome to a night of total terror. Welcome to the Undead Wookiee Podcast, episode 26. I am your host, Hugh Lloyd. The Undead Wookiee is a fortnightly-ish podcast focusing on horror and sci-fi, but there will be times where we dip into other genres because here on the Undead Wookiee, our nerdiness knows no bounds. Hello and welcome back. And on this episode, we will be looking at David Lynch's Dune from 1984. <laughs> now, I'm joined by my uh, co-conspirator, my brother from another mother, Mr. Leighton Winston. But before we say hello to him, I'm going to play you guys the prologue from the start of this film. Usually I play you the trailer, but I think we may need a little bit more explanation because, you know, let's face it, this one gets a little bit disjointed. So uh, let's check out the prologue. <laughs> A beginning is a very delicate time. Know then that it is the year 10,191. The known universe is ruled by the Padishah Emperor Shaddam IV, my father. In this time, the most precious substance in the universe is the spice melange. The spice extends life. The spice expands consciousness. The spice is vital to space travel. The Spacing Guild and its navigators, who the spice has mutated over 4,000 years, use the orange spice gas, which gives them the ability to fold space. That is, travel to any part of the universe without moving. Oh, yes. I forgot to tell you. The spice exists on only one planet in the entire universe. A desolate, dry planet with vast deserts. Hidden away within the rocks of these deserts are a people known as the Fremen, who have long held a prophecy that a man would come, a messiah who would lead them to true freedom. The planet is Arrakis, also known as June.
are back. And of course, we this time I say we uh, already. I'm rambling. <laughs> we are uh, oh, yes. I mean we as an audience. Yes, that's uh, we as the audience, not the royal we, because that's all a bit mad. Are joined by the one, the only, Mr. Leighton Winston. How are you, sir? Jagamash. Jagamash. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. How are we doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm not bad. I am not bad. I have I, I have a stinking cold, real proper stinking cold. So if you think my sinuses have sounded bad previously, it's going to sound even worse <laughs> to doing this. But hey ho, hey ho. Now we are talking now. David Lynch's Dune from 1984, and not Alan, not Alan Smithies, uh, not Alan Smithy. No, we're not talking him. <laughs> I, I'm going to come to that in a little bit. No, cool. this one is, um, it, it, it's a Marmite movie, isn't it? You either love it or you hate it. Yes. Um, and what, and you, and in fact, what did I say to you when we, we, we were toying with this for a while back, wasn't it? But when you said about doing it, what did I tell you before I revisited it? You, you actually said you love, you liked this film. Uh, yes, I did. Then I bought it, and then I rewatched it <laughs> after not seeing it for a while. And well, Marmite, you are right. Yes, yes, it is. It is the Marmite slash Bovril of you know. I think the thing with this film is, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the books. I love the books. I think it is an incredibly interesting world. Um. However, and I think the film has got, you know, the film has got some moments in it that are superb um, and really, really stand out. However, there are major, major what the fuck moments going on. <laughs> yeah. And as someone who has not read the books, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I, this film, this film actually did used to make sense to me. It made perfect sense, and whether it's the advent of getting a little bit older, the little, <laughs> little bit wiser, um, <laughs> when you actually sit back and watch it again, I literally found myself thinking, "This doesn't make any sense whatsoever." Yeah, um, it, it, it is. It, it, I, and I don't want to say that it, it doesn't make sense from beginning to end because it does. However, there are. A number of there's a multitude of things wrong with the film. However, there are a multitude of things that are right with the film, which which we will you know at various yeah, yeah, yeah. points sort of go into. Um, I didn't realise though this film in 1984 cost 40 million quid. Yeah, to make. yeah. It, well, this is the thing, right? It made 40 million dollars, right? It got back 30 million dollars. Right, they made back thirty million dollars. Right now, of course, now we've talked. We've already mentioned that David Lynch did not have a good time making this film. No, right, he really didn't have a good time making this film. And of course, he was working with uh, Dino De Laurentiis and Raffaella De Laurentiis. Who, yes. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, Dino De Laurentiis himself is not known for being. Um, well, I subtle. don't subtle. Um, I think you know Conan the Barbarian, uh, Flash Gordon, 
And yeah. he thought, I'm going to work with quite possibly one of the most sort of abstract uh, auteurs. auteurs of a generation on a film that has the complexity of structure and themes and motifs and ideas um, because he wanted essentially, he wanted his own Star Wars franchise. That's what he, he wanted. He wanted he his did. own Star and, Wars franchise. Yeah, and Flash Gordon, as, as brilliant as Flash Gordon is, and let's put it out there, Flash Gordon is oh, a he, tremendous yes. film. Yes. Tremendous film. It, it wasn't a big hit. And, and, you know, this, the rights to this film were circulating for a very long time, weren't they? Um, yeah. I mean... I don't want to make an analogy here, but I, 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 to me, especially given how many sort of Dune, the Dune series is in print, yeah. there's a lot of similarities between that and Lord of the Rings. Sort of getting well, that's the thing, 20, isn't it? 20 that years it, later or whatever it is. It's probably got more in common with Lord of the Rings than yeah. it does, say, Star Wars. And yes. it is that, so it, you know, it, it is the fantastical world building. Now, of course, yeah. famously, this film was originally going to be made by uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky. And anybody yes. who has watched his, you know, his, the, the documentary about his version of Dune, I mean, if we think that this film had some what the fuck moments, you know, you know, you look at the team that he was putting together to make this film. I mean, this was the, he wanted to film this. He, he wanted he was going to do it in the seventies originally, and you know, when you look at like the cast, he was going to have Salvador Dali in it. Yeah. Um, he wanted David Carradine to be um, Duke Leto. You, you know, Grasshopper, right? I was going to uh, say he wanted Bill. Yeah, to be grass hot. Uh, yeah, to be right. right? He had he, he was gonna he cast his son uh, Brontus Jodorowsky to be Paul, and two Brontus Brontus Jodorowsky. I'm probably pronouncing it, but you know, I'm, you know, Brontus Jodorowsky. And That's an name. For two years building up to the film, he had him training in martial arts and in gymnastics, and just essentially putting him through like this boot camp. Um, he had Orson Welles lined up to play the Baron, <laughs> to play Baron Harkonnen, right? To be his, like, um, to create the sets and the design and everything else. He had Geiger to I know. create the sets. I know. He had those, uh, Morbius. Right? And here's the other thing. On the soundtrack, now, we're going to talk about the soundtrack in a minute because, obviously... Yeah. Yeah, any film that has Toto, um, in not the dog, not the dog, of course. <laughs> Anybody who has Toto, and if we just wait for a second, there may be a famous a couple bars of a famous Toto track that comes on that I can't help myself but always play Air Maracas to. Uh, 
That song is brilliant. Yes. That yes. song is brilliant. I, so, I don't, I don't, it's, I think it's one of those very few songs that everybody likes. Yeah. Yeah. I it just, is, yeah, it? yeah. And it, and it just automatically makes your day when you hear it. Of course it does. Of course it yes. does. But if, all if the you're ma- not happy after hearing that, you're dead, dead no. inside. But originally, he was going to have Pink Floyd to write the sc- the soundtrack. And they'd agreed to it. They'd agreed to write the soundtrack. So his film would have been... But the ideas that he had on it were just insane. And, I mean, Jodorowsky himself, as a filmmaker, is insane anyway. But, yeah. I, 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 I've seen some of those um, Geiger um, production uh, sketches. Did, I think Mr. Lynch must have had his hand, or must have seen them, uh, because a lot of the sets... In this, yes, I know they're probably described in the books to the extent that you actually see them on screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it's got a very Geiger influence with a lot of some, uh, well, certainly with um, some of the production in it. Yeah, um, it does have that feel. And I mean, like, when you look at the costumes as well, I mean, the costume costuming in this film is absolutely stunning. The 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 production in this film is I've got to be honest, right? For forty million quid, you see what is on the screen. Oh, uh, you yeah, go in, yeah. It's it's stunning, but it's a very it's a very strange sort of setup. <laughs> strange, David Lynch. Strange. Well, never you know. Yeah, no, 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 like. no. For for a for a science fiction film, it's quite old fashioned. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? It's like the dial-up phones are still used, isn't it? Well, that's, um, and that's something that's that you know, and like the the way which everybody's dressed, they've got this sort of um, almost sort of um, Napoleonic Russianistic um, yeah uniform, yeah. And, and, uh, yet, and yet and yet the framing are the ones who look almost the most modern. Yeah, yeah. And did you know that the guy who designed this, um, the suits? I forget his name now. He actually designed the um, the Tim Burton Batman suit. No, I did not know that. That I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah, because when you sort of look at the framing suits, like the like the rubber leather type thing. Yeah, then I was doing a bit of research, you know, as you should always do, children. Is <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I came across the guy who actually did the Batman sort of costumes. Did the um, I don't think he did all of the, the suits in this, but he did the the framing, um, like the the water suits, for want of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. But no, but no, the the production of it. Oh my god, it looks sensational. It does, and it I looks mean, absolutely sensational. Lots of people do sort of talk about, um, you know, and some people do have a go at the special effects in it. And I think, in terms of special effects, there are moments where they are. I think, you know, technically, I think this. You know, some people say it's not particularly impressive. I totally disagree with that. I think what happens is there are moments in it where. I think there's limitations to what the technology could have provided at the time to what they were doing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you're quite right there. And, and we've, we've talked on other films, you know, those films are a little bit older about the effects. And the special effects don't bother me simply because that is the time and the place and that is what is available. Yeah. And it's part of the yeah. film, ultimately. Yeah. Um, I will say that I do think some of the special effects in this do sort of, when you are, this came out in 1984. Um, Star Wars seventy seven, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back eighty, wasn't it? Yeah, and then Return of the Jedi then eighty three. Yeah, when you look at the special effects in those films, and not the re-edited ridiculous versions, but yeah, when you look at the special effects in those compared to this, then 
part of me tends to think, well, did you really go to the best special effects house? Mm, you know. Yeah, and I th- and I mean, for example, I think you know, with with the shields, with the body shields that they have on. Great idea, shite execution. It's re- yeah, and they just they look. It just doesn't work, does it? It doesn't. It, no. it doesn't particularly no. work because you can't really tell uh, what's going no. on. No, and I will say though, it's predated Minecraft by about three years. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's look. It is what it is, isn't it? It is what it is. But you know, the production design is is sensational. Um, Even if the um, the space navigators do look like a floating cockerball with a vagina. Well, actually, I was going to say it's like a floating sphincter. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're not right there with 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 gases coming yeah, from as well, you know. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, do you know what? As we're moving along now, the cast in this film is absolutely enormous. It is. Huge. It has to be. It, it is has huge. To be. But it then get it then got me wondering right away. If you've got a cast as big as this, you've got a budget as big as you have. Why didn't they consider perhaps making two films? Well, or three films. Well, even use the thing. He'd, Lynch has signed on. To make um, to, to make the sequels, so to make uh, Dune Messiah and uh, you know and all the follow up films, yeah, all based on the uh, and based on the idea that if this film was a success, success. now yeah. the other thing as well, what happened with this and you know Lynch famously sort of take, took his name off this, um, you know, and he changed his his screenwriting credit to um, Judas Booth uh, when he because you know. <laughs> But this is the, because he didn't have any control over the final cut of the film. And yeah. even though when he sort of, you know, even on like Elephant Man, Mel, he didn't have final cut over that. But Mel Brooks, Mel Brooks produced that film. People forget that. Gave, yeah. gave him the final cut, allowed him to do it. But what yeah. happened was his original version came in at four hours. It was yeah, four I, hours long. Yeah, because the original that that one was, but then when the, the studio said, "Right, we're, we're, hang on, no, you're gonna have to give us a shorter version." That version then was a three-hour version, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they 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 took it away, re-edited it, and released a two-hour version. Yeah. But afterwards, released um, an alternative version to television. Yes. And another version to uh, the VHS market, which yeah, was very yeah. much up and coming at the time. And so technically, then there's three different versions in existence, and none of them are David Lynch's vision, and all of them have got a shit performance by Sting. <laughs> Every single one of them doesn't matter how much you edit it, you're still appalling with each one. Well, do you want the right? Here we go. Since we're talking about Sting, and let's get it out the way now, right? The metal g-string underpantsy type scene. Which is just fucking terrifying. It is it, 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 it is the stuff of nightmares. Originally, he was going to appear starkers. <laughs> Absolutely not a stitch on, except that sort of weird grin and that really that that freaky hair thing that he had going on. But this is the best part. <laughs> the producers looked at it and went. Um. Uh, no, I know. Let's just give him. Uh, let, let's give him metal pants. Let's, that'll make it. That'll make it all better. <laughs> oh my god, man! Um, 
He's fucking diabolical in this oh, film. He's terrible. Is, honest. I mean, he's terrible. Did he? Did he shave his eyebrows off? Yes. Or has he yes. Got, he, no, he's got, he shaved them. He did. Did he? Yeah. Yeah. He, he went all out for that because they also wanted to cast Mick Jagger in this role. Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. Right. Now, yeah, well. look at this cast. Right. This cast has got. This is the first film cut. This is Kyle MacLachlan's film debut. Straight out of university, wasn't yeah. it? You got Sean Young. You've got Max von yes. Sydow. Yes. You've got um, now. I categorise these these actors for this film, for, and and to be fair, they were really brave taking this film on, due to their use of stunt eyebrows. <laughs> you've got Brad Dorf, Chucky. Yes. You've yeah. got Dean Stockwell. Oh, uh, you know, rest his soul. And yes. you've got Freddie Jones. And you've right, then can I... got who. Freddie Jones, I yes. did not know this until 24 hours ago, is the father of Toby Jones. Toby Jones. Toby Jones, British actor, played Hitchcock in a film recently. That's right, yes, yes, I'm with you. And he was in The Mist. Yes, yes. That's his father. <laughs> I never, I never no. knew that. I never well, made there you are. Sa- I didn't even know. I, did, I didn't, didn't even dawn on me. Didn't even dawn on me. You've, and yeah. then you've got Sting, Patrick Stewart, Jürgen Proctor. Oh, yeah. Well, Jürgen Proctor now, I, I think he's a great actor. You've got Sean Phillips. You've yeah. got um, Virginia Madsen, uh, Richard Jordan, Freddie Jones, Linda Hunt, uh, Leonardo Camino. Jack Jack, yeah. Jack, yeah. You know, Jack it's Nance. a massive cast. Massive yeah. cast. There's one person you've missed out who is a Lynch alumni. Come on then, who is it? Everett McGill. That's right. You are right. He is on my list. I, I, I had missed him out. Silgar, ha- Sil- plays in it. Yes, it? he does. Silgar, do we have Wormsign? Yeah. <laughs> we have Wormsign, the guards of the scene. So the word stand effect, that's brilliant. Like now, that is fair play. This is the thing, Rad. Dino De Laurentiis was looking for his Star Wars, right? However, Dune is essentially the anti-Star Wars because you know, you know, when you look at sort of Lucas, his yeah. his sci-fi, his his world is a little bit more fresh. And I love the Star Wars universe. Don't get me wrong; I absolutely love it. It is it is fantastic. It is an amazing piece of work. However, it's a it's a fa- despite you know the Empire and the First Order and everything else, it's a fairly friendly place, right? Whereas. The Duke, un- uh, the, 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 the Duke universe, the Dune universe is very, very dark, sinister, yes. and yeah. complicated. Now, within the constant fir- threat, yes, constant and within, threat. Like, if you think in the first ten minutes of this film, right? I mean, the most challenging thing you've got to deal with in terms of names within the Star Wars universe, or you know, you've got to contend with things like Hearth Womper or X Wing. <laughs> Or, you know, Jedi. But here, we have Quizrak Sadrak. Yeah. Gomjabar. Sadaka. Yeah? Yeah. And then you've got Usul. And then they, you know, not only do they call him Usul, they call him... um, Moadib. Moadib. Paul Moadib. And then his name, his his real name is Paul Atreides. Atreides, yeah. You know, we're bombarded within, like, the first ten minutes with all of this stuff. And then yeah. throwing it, you've got the weird in pods. Right? <laughs> yeah. now, what, now, that's the one, you know, that's my big 
nerdy bugbear in this because in the book, the weird in way is like a is like a martial art, right. and it's really really cool. But David Lynch didn't want to have any kind of martial arts in this. And if you think now, you can't you know any kind of genre. You know, if you look at the, the Matrix or anything else, everybody suddenly becomes a kung fu expert. Yeah. Whereas he didn't want that, so they ended up making these bizarre voice guns. <laughs> we, you know, when they go, ha, pa, ba, yeah. and then it's like suddenly yeah. blow, you know. And, yeah. And, that, and, and the thing with the Weird in Way as well is you've got the sort of, it's linked to the Bene Gesserits, right, who were obviously like the big religious order, and they've got a massive part in this, except he's, they're kind of reduced to this, to like women with odd shaved heads um, who do an odd thing with their voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But they are the masters of like this of, of this martial art, and it, it, in the book, it's something that's really, really impressive, and it, it's, it's really, really cool, but here, and I mean, you know, the other bit is Paula Trady's sister. That creepy ten-year-old. Oh, Paul! Oh, what's what? what? He's bringing baby flaming warriors. I'm sorry. She that, creeps the fuck out of me. That child, kill it, kill it with fire. <laughs> <laughs> she um, that's um, she went on to be. To be in the Sopranos, didn't she? Yeah, um, she did. The yeah. girl, I was saying Alicia DeWitt, isn't yes, it? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, she's been in a couple of other films as well, haven't she? But yeah. um, oh my god, she's creepy, man. Yeah. She is proper free. That's that's proper straight out of a Lynch. Um, oh, that's yeah. That is dark. There is something really. Not only is it like creepy, it's unnerving to your very core. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I tell you one thing as well, though. Sting's really shit in this film. He's <laughs> <laughs> not your ball again. Straightful, man. Um, I tell you one person who's in this film that not people may or may not be aware of, um, and it's in the final sequence, actually. Uh, there's a line of drummers on the one side of the room. Are you bringing up the, the Michael Bolton urban legend? It's the very same, and it is Michael Bolton. He denies it. Michael Bolton it, denies it, but I've seen that bit. It's him. It's it Michael him. Bolton. Now, when, when you think of Michael Bolton, do you think of um, power ballads? I think of mulleted, silky-toned 80s yeah. realness. Well, it got me thinking. What do we? What if we had in this day and age now um, a Michael Bolton song for the nineteen eighty four film Dune, directed by Alan Smythe, and I come up with a couple of song titles. <laughs> oh come on, then what have we got? Blue eyes in the sand. <laughs> Redheaded and bloodthirsty. Oh. <laughs> Spice up your life. A cover version. Bold space. <laughs> Worms to the theme of uh, gold by Spando Ballet. It works. Nice, nice. Worms, worms. Right. Um, hot for green leather to the tune of Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. Nice, nice. Doctor Yui Yui Yui. Enter Sandman. Self-explanatory. Nice. nice. 
And then uh, the five, for the final one, then we could have Water of Life to the tune of Circle of Life by Elton John. Nice. But you could, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> you can see people where we're going with this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think I think out of all of them, my personal favourite is pro- probably Doctor Yui Yui Yui. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I quite like Worms. Worms. Yeah. Worms. Worms. That, that actually works. Yeah. You yeah. know. So yeah, but making you on. scratch your butthole. <laughs> Can you imagine Michael Bolton singing "Spice Up Your Life"? That would be brilliant. Oh, I, yes. you know? yeah. If you're listening, Michael, because of course he's a big fan of the show. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. You know you want. Look, Michael, we know you're in fucking doing. Don't deny it. Yeah. The only person who can deny it legally is David Lynch. Yeah. Now here's the other what the fuck moment. You've got yeah. the. The massive battle at the beginning where the Harkonnens are attacking the Atreides and essentially just wiping them out, right? Yes. And you've got Patrick Stewart leading the, you know, the, the fight back. Now, what does he have in his one hand? He has a blaster of some yes. kind of sort and then a small pug tucked yes. under his arm. Ah, uh, yes, but, the pug. But nobody around him... Bats an eyelid. No. Nobody no. sort of does anything. And yet he charges into battle with his pug. Well, it's quite ironic, really, because in a film, right, that features, um, <laughs> like you say, the <laughs> aforementioned pug, um, you know, being taken into battle. Um, Hand me my you... war pug. <laughs> that was on TV this afternoon, was there, war pug? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, that is, it's not that you know, is seen as a weird part in a film that it contains a part where a float, a floating fat man gets aroused by uh, a ginger person and the, the heart plug that they remove from them. Um, yeah, and and, yeah. and, the, and you know, and a film that where raw cow is a delicacy as well. You know, a guy carrying a pug in the battle is the weirdest <laughs> thing in the film, like you know, <laughs> but sorry, <mate. laughs> Coming, coming back to uh, sorry, right, just, just yeah, Go. Coming, right. Coming back to Patrick Stewart at that at the point uh, later in the film, and if yet again, yeah. if you haven't seen the film, go back and watch it. Come back, <laughs> listen. We should do that at the beginning. Every yeah, week. I don't know why we, yeah. why we why we don't do it anyway. Um, <laughs> when when Paul Atreides is leading the Fremen through the desert and they come across the, um, well, they think they're enemies, but it's... Um, but have you noticed... <laughs> do, it. do you know what that... Uh, before we get to that, have you noticed, though, they think they're enemies, so they kill half of them before they even realise? Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah they, they, you can see them being thrown in the air, can't you, you know, like, you know. But you see, when, you know, they reconnect with each other, you know, and you marvel in Patrick Stewart's mullet and his bald head. He was clinging think, to that... I can give you the, the time of the disc, right? One minute, 47, 37 seconds is probably the most awkward screen hug you will ever see in film. Patrick Stewart is either so overcome and in the moment that he falls into Kyle McLachlan and Kyle McLachlan is holding him up, or they basically totally, it's like kissing at the wrong time. You yeah. know, it's one of the two, you know, and it's oh, so... And, it, 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 Unbelievably awkward. It's, it kind of oh. reminded me of like the school play hug, where clearly nobody wants to touch groins. <laughs> what the fuck is that? 
<laughs> Everybody like hugs each other at arm's length. It's like I cannot have any part of me touch anything. I I begin to wonder what what plays you've been involved with, my friend. <laughs> no. Oh my god, man. No, this. I mean, this is the thing, right? They've. The, the, I think you know, like you said, the one cut comes in at like 136 minutes, right? Yeah. Now, they've tried to cram into this film, right? You've got themes about religion and power. Yeah. You've got themes about uh, human control over ecology. You know, you've got themes about drug addiction. The fact that the entire galaxy is addicted to the spice melange. Yeah. Um, you've then got you know the idea this this bizarre idea about the water. Um, about bodies, you know, people's, you know, water. They, you know, the Fremen refer to it as the body's water. You know, this idea that, you know, the blood of the environment and that, you know, it's just, you know, in, to try and cram that into a really condensed version is just insanity. Yeah, and it's funny you should mention insanity and images and water because... Yeah. There's an awful lot of um, water references throughout the film with like dreamlike sequences. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Dropping water and you know the that the hand opening, you know, that's been done in countless Lynch films. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, um, it, and <laughs> yeah, and it's scattered throughout this film, you know, because like you say, it's just it's 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 forty eight stories trying to be to- be sold into one two and a half hour film is it out yeah and everybody whispers oh no 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 voiceovers they whisper in voiceovers <laughs> who the hell is going to hear somebody whispering in a voiceover they're thinking so Peter is the mind killer Peter is yes. the mind killer Peter is the mind killer oh it's, my it's god only, it's only when Paul has his awakening where he actually thinks to himself and thinks oh I don't have to whisper anymore. Yeah, I it's can... ki- yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the joke. It's like the Austin Powers go- joke in it. I have, sorry, I, I've lost all control of my internal monologue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's bizarre. Like, why, why does everybody, when thinking something, uh, thinking something, whisper? Yeah, you know, nobody yeah. else is going to hear it. Yeah, but... and like the Duke when he's dying and he's like drugged and he's pinned to the table. Yeah, and, and and he's talking and he's whispering to himself. <laughs> Remember the tooth. Remember the tooth. I'm sorry if a f- pussy, fat, sexual predator was looming <laughs> looming over me. The last thing I will be thinking: bite the tooth, bite my tooth, bite my tooth. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's um, <sighs> things. St- Sting's really shit in this film. Yeah, Sting is really shit, yeah. He's really, really shit. In the book, you see, this is the thing about that that character. Fade Ralpha in the book is evil personified. Right. And and there's there's a brilliant scene in the book um, of like almost like this gladiatorial fight on the Harkonnen home world. And, you know, there's, there's, there's these other characters as well who play much, much bigger parts. And the world building is, you know, it, not, and it's, it's hard not to compare the two, but the world building, you know, in the book is just, is incredible because you've got these, this complex idea about, you know, I mean, I've played, at the beginning of the film, I haven't, usually I play the trailer, 
I'm not going to play the trailer because, you know, it's, you know, and you've heard this already. I've just played the prologue because it kind of gives you some sort of idea. Because if I played the trailer, you wouldn't have a clue what's going on. Because the film itself almost feels like a highlight reel of the book. It's like your yeah. sci-fi match of the day highlights. <laughs> no, as, as I've stated, I haven't, uh, I haven't read the books. Um, it's highly unlikely I probably will as well, to be mm-hmm. honest. But, um, you know, <laughs> it's just, you can see, it. look, this film is, is absolutely enormous. Oh, it's huge. Absolutely it's enormous. Huge. Even, even, I even like that this is truth. As a kid, seeing the posters for Doom, right, um, with like the loads of spaceships, you know, and all like, the people in in the desert and yeah, everything, yeah. you've got the impression this film is epic, massive. Yeah. And it is. And it is. But the thing is, it's a it's it's a world that's it's been trying to be contained. Um it's, look, there's probably hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of films adapted from books where swathes of stuff are left out simply for pacing reasons, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and people can probably attest to say, oh, I don't know, like uh, Tom Bombadil from um, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Peeves the Poltergeist from um, Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, the list is probably endless that, you know, yes, they should have had this. Yes, they should have had that. They didn't have this. They didn't have that. But, you know, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you, Trying to make a film of a successful book, there are going to be omissions. There are there are very very few uh, truly truly faithful adaptions. Oh yeah know. yeah yeah completely. E- e- even something like um, I mean, like, see, for, the Potter like, films. Some, yeah, even something like the girl with the dragon tattoo. Oh, there's huge weights taken out of that. Of course there is, but the thing is though, they still make brilliant films. So yeah, completely, completely. You know, it, it it has to be sort of you know a little bit of sort of. Pinch of salt. Silas, Silas of the Lambs is another one. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. God, yeah. Huge but, chunks. And, and, and sort of things that you'd think, actually, film, you know, cinematically, they would be really, really good moments. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you, you do have to sort of prepare yourself that it's not, it's not going to be the book. It's not going to be the book. It's going to be an interpretation of the book. Yeah, yeah. But... When when it, when a film when you, your film is based on a, a, a massive tom, you know it's a massive, huge back catalogue. You know, it's going to be met with a lot, a, an awful lot of not scepticism. But you know, well, this is the thing. We, and the, the, the one critic said, you know, that talks about the line, "Fear is the mind killer," and then he yeah. went on to say, "That's so is the dark one, it." Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Says, Jim Cunningham. He says, you know, fear is the mind killer, whispers Paula Tracy. And then the, the critic added, so is this movie. Ah, <laughs> uh, would be a critic, you know, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, look, what were we doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, this, I mean, there are moments that this film um, is messy, uh, is disjointed. Um, yeah. But, it, you know, it, it does have moments going for it. And I mean, I think for me, one of the highlights for it is Kenneth McMillan as Baron Harkonnen. The big, yeah. float, the big floating fat man with all the pus and the, the, the butt. He is brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's having the time of his life, it is, to be honest. He's, oh, yeah. He's giving it his all. And I will say, for a large part, the cast is, is, is really good. 
Oh yeah. Apart from Sting. Apart from Sting. 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 Yeah. Dreadful. Yeah, yeah. Have we but, mentioned that yet? I don't think so. Anyway, but he's he's shite. But um, you know, for a large part, the, the, the casting is is pretty much spot on. Kyle McLachlan, you know, he's got a canny this film in his first film. Yeah. And he's really good. And you know, you you do you have got your your established actors like your Max von Sydow, your your um, Who's massively massively underused in this. Oh my god! I'm not being funny. Well, you could say the same for the Force Awakens, couldn't you? Yeah, 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 completely. Uh, I know, I know. He gets killed. Spoiler, but you know, he, um, you know, he, 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 when you, especially when you think like Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart is more a theatre actor at this point, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't. Done, he done Excalibur, um, which you know, John Bowman's. Have you seen that? Of course, I've seen Excalibur. It's just again, of course, I've seen it. Mental it, film. It's, it, it, you know. It's it's you know the bit that did you know is is Lancelot running bare ass through the woods. <laughs> Helen Mirren's in that as well. Yes, yeah, she you? is. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Funny yeah. that Helen Mirren Funny and that. bare ass. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is you know. <sighs> do, do, do you know you saying about the casting of uh, Ken McMillan as the Baron? Yeah, I think. I think those sequences Lynch probably had the most fun with because of the um, the body body horror aspect. Yeah, of it, isn't it? Yeah, you know? massively so. Because the, the, like the 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 nurses or the doctors, or whatever you want to call them, you know, with the the stitched up uh, yeah. ears and the, the little tubes for eyes. And, yeah, you know, and like stuff all, you know, like all that. the space skill stuff where they, you know. They're all coming, you know. They're all, you know, they're all dressed in black, and they're all, you know, it's it's very sort of S and M, and yeah, know, the, the tubes from the mouth, yeah. yeah, yeah, and that probably, that probably is what Lynch was probably more interested in, or you know, or, or could adapt to it even because yeah. that that is that is his aesthetic, isn't it? You know, the weird and the wonderful. Because don't please forget that this is this is Lynch's third film. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, because, it, it was because originally, you know, he was offered Return of the Jedi. He was offered Return of the Jedi. Now, how fucked up would a Jabba the Hutt been? Well, this is the thing. W- would we have had the Ewoks? No, we wouldn't have had the Ewoks. Oh. We probably would have had something horrific instead of the Ewoks. Ewoks are horrific enough to some people. You yep, know, yep. But they did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's excellent Ewoks again, Hugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, um, it does really make you wonder what, or can you imagine how Admiral Akbar would have looked at a David Lynch film? I, do you know, it, it would have just been some kind of big penis monster, really, wouldn't it? It would have just, you know, <laughs> <would have been, laughs> But funny you should mention penis and the sandworms because yeah. the reason the re- the reason that the sandworms have the mouth that they do and they open in the film is because when they were making the film they did literally look like penises yes. just being dragged through yes. sand in there. Yeah. It's all a bit <laughs> flesh, Gordon. It's all a <laughs> Yeah, that's right. I've just compared David Lynch's Dune to Flesh Gordon. Dale hard on, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Is <laughs> yeah. oh, Jer- it Dr. Jackoff? No, uh, Dr. Doc- Hans Jerkoff. Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Hand, hand Jerkoff or something daft like that. No. But, um, yeah, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. I know. 
I mean, going back <laughs> to the to, to the soundtrack, um, I downloaded the soundtrack the other day legally from iTunes. I may add. Um, Good God. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, and it is, it's absolutely superb. It's really, I, really good. It's I really listen, good. I, I had a listen to it the other day, and it, in fairness, there's, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's quite epic, really. For, and yeah, it's huge. I, 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 don't, I, I, I haven't done enough digging into as to why they were approached to do it. Um, I, I totally understand why Brian Eno has asked to write like the prophecy theme. That yeah, makes perfect yeah, sense to me. Yeah, um, you know because his music has been used in hundreds of films, you know, and whatnot. And uh, you know his his um, his music and his music, you know, has, has has scored so many iconic sequences of films. You know, I get why perhaps they wanted something really quite special for a sequence that. Looks a bit rubbish in parts of it. I was waiting for that. I was waiting. <laughs> you know what? It's the part where I'm going to lie on the beach and there's going to be big stuff. There's going to be big penises above me, you know. And then... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that sounds so wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, a lot of know, people have had what? a lot of good times on the beach with with sort of those kind of images floating <laughs> around them. But hey, oh, what are we talking about? Oh. I mean. Oh. Anyway, but yeah, and the, the, the soundtrack is is good in fairness, but I'd love to know who said, I know can score this film. Forget John Williams, forget Jerry Goldsmith, never mind about this up and come called Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Toto. Yes. You know, yes. Can, you, can you see, well, I was going to say, can you imagine the producers? And then I thought, right, Dino De Laurentiis. Yes. Yes. Love Africa, love Africa. Yes. Can we fit Africa in this? I don't know why you suddenly. <laughs> went, I don't know why you suddenly sounded like the villain from uh, from like Team America. Police. You know, I don't know why. <coughs> you know, but, uh, durka durka. Yeah. Can oh, we? Can dear. we fit? Can we fit? Yes, Toto. And just the rains down in Africa. It's like Tangerine oh. Dream. You know, a Tangerine Dream appear in multiple scores for different things. And like, if anybody ever said, I've never known anybody go, I've never met a Tangerine Dream fan. Yeah, I've met people no. who are fans of White Snake, of <laughs> Saxon, of you know, I've you know, even people who admit that they back in the day they were fans of New Kids on the Block. But you know, I've never heard anybody go, yeah, I'm a Tangerine Dream fan. Yeah. Yeah, they soundtracked Lady Hawk, didn't they? They did, and they did uh, Legend as well. Yeah. Oh no, no. Did they do Lady Hawk? Yeah, yeah. They, I think they're they're on Lady Hawk. I'm sure they're. Gidget von Relu, uh, von Larue, who was on, uh, who I recorded last episode with, they just did a Lady Hawk episode. I'm sure when she listens to this, she'll correct us. But I'm pretty sure it's Tangerine Dream because the synth score in that film dates it back. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yeah. I listened to you carry one too the other day, and I got to say, your co-hosts were tremendous and fearless. They were really, really yeah, good. Yeah, they're an absolute really scream. Good, and um, they, they, you brought up um, uh, Fury Road. Yes. I watched it again last night. I, I, I will put it out there. The first time I watched it, wasn't a fan. Watched it again, loved it. Watched it again last night. The film is classic. It is astonishing yeah. that nobody got killed making that film. It is beautiful. Absolutely astonishing. It is beautiful astonishing. to look at. Now, 
the one thing that you know this film is it, it is it's got, it's all over the shop in terms it's got quality moments and i think you know i think in fairness to say when you look at the book and you look at david lynch you'd think this would be an ideal pairing but i think everything was against him he had the wrong type of producer you know david lynch is famous for not being able to budget a film yeah. cannot budget a film it's one of the biggest science fiction stories you know that has m- enormous amounts of fans it was never going to end well however here's the thing Dennis Villeneuve, the guy behind Arrival. Um, and Blade Runner. And bl- yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen that yet. I still no, haven't no seen me. it. Have you seen it yet? Yes, I have. It's. I think it's brilliant. It's superb. It's superb. Tremendous. Superb. Tremendous, um, but it looks like he is going to make Dune. Now, yeah, Arrival I... is a brilliant piece of sci-fi. And I, I've got hopes for this guy. Yeah, no... Um, going back to Blade Runner, neither of us have seen it, as we've just said. Yep. Um, I've heard nothing but astonishing things about it. Yes. Um, I'll admit I'm not a huge fan of Blade Runner. It's appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, 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 I appreciate an awful lot about it. Um, Production-wise, it looks astonishing for when it was yeah. made. Yes. Soundtrack is amazing. Does it connect with me? Not particularly. I think it's a little <laughs> bit. No, I, it, I think it's a little bit too. It's austere, isn't it? It's very austere. It's very bleak. It's very. It, yeah, it's clinical. It's, yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit. I, for a film that's quite dirty and grubby, it's quite clinical. And when you don't sort of like attach emotionally to a film, then you sort of. Whilst you, whilst you sort of. Um, appreciate everything else with it then you know I, I, I'll always put my hands up and say I've never been a huge fan of it I, I still really do want to see the new one yeah. um, mainly, mainly because it didn't even know you know because I, I think the films that he's made um, Prisoners oh. is a fantastic film um, Arrival was tremendous Sicario was one of the best thrillers I've seen in years oh it's great it's great it, and there's a sequel coming to Sicario. Did you know that? No, I did not. Ooh. Yes, there is a sequel coming. I don't think he's directing it, but he's um, he's I think he's uh, he's got involvement in it. But I think the pre- well, that's good because it, it you know I think something like Sicario could always sort of fall into the hands of straight to, straight straight to DVD and star Dave Batista. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. But hey, Dave Batista is in Blade, Blade Runner too. No, this is the thing. Right? I know. I know. I. T- I, I he needs a very, very good director. He needs a very, very good script because yeah. some of his other stuff is. Are we talking? Are we talking Steve Steve Austin territory? Like we're talking Steve Austin, Chuck. You know, maybe not even you know the quality of a Chuck Norris. You know, not even like a Firewalker or a Silent Rage. Uh, I mean, I t- there is a there's a film out there called Bushwick. Um, which is quite a. Oh yeah, a, have you heard about this? This must be quite good, didn't it? It is. It's good. It's not perfect. It's not perfect by no. any stretch. But he's very, very good in it. He is very, yeah. very good in it. No, we we got We got to remember as well. He ste- he practically steals the the two Guardians of the Galaxy films as well. He does. He? he does. He does. And you I mean, know. they're great. Again, they're great films, which we're gonna we're gonna cover at Terrific. some point on you. We cover terrific films. Now, terrific. getting back to Dune. Yes, let's get back to Dune. We've talked about how shit Sting is. Uh, because it's the ten-minute mark and we haven't mentioned it. Um, yeah. Now, 
is there anything for you that you know really stood out? Really stood out to you? What in respect of Dune, the it film do, itself? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just just something that whenever you watch it, you automatically you know pops in your head as like that moment where you think, yeah, it kind of sa- saves it, or equally that moment of you think, what the fuck am I watching? Um, I think. One, I've said it repeatedly already, but one thing I always think about doing is how good it looks. Yeah. It looks spectacular. Yes. It genuinely does yes. look spectacular. Um, but I think when, you, <laughs> when you're trying to... <laughs> when you're trying to sell Sting as the ultimate bad guy, or one of the <laughs> ultimate bad guys... And he's about as intimidating as somebody who's got red hair and dressed in green leather. Um, you know, it just doesn't work. It really doesn't work. Um, he almost looks like one of the two call girls in um, Robocop. The ones that fucking... <laughs> 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 I just need that connection. Because one of them is in green leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just you know, thought of that out of the blue. Or you could have just gone... <laughs> True story. When the police reformed a couple of years oh. back, um, I always used to say the same thing. I liked the police. I did like them. I, I wouldn't say I loved them. I liked them. Um, I was never a fan of Sting Solo Creed in no. any way, no. shape, or form. No. It really was. No. Um, but when the police reformed, it was like, yeah, how would you fancy this to my wife? Yeah, this love too. So a group of friends, we all sort of went, what a fucking shit concert. <laughs> oh, my God. It was lifeless. There was no atmosphere. And, and the crying shame is, right, because Stuart Copeland's an amazing drummer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brilliant drummer, yeah. right? Andy, Andy Sanders is a brilliant guitarist. And then these things really shit. <laughs> I think we'll rename this episode 26 Dune brackets Sting is really shit <laughs> you know oh we're going to uh, have some grief for this you are aware of that now, don't you? oh look look bring it I can take it I've got broad shoulders right but um, no it just it, it, this film could have been, um, could have been, and it should have been perhaps more than one film. And whilst you, every everything is there on screen, yeah, yeah, it, it, you know, and at least it, I don't want to say at least it looks good because that's 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 a bit dismissive because the film isn't without merit, you know. And there are, no, there no. are certain parts, like at least we forget that film had over two thousand extras, right? Yeah, For yeah, a well, that's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, right? yeah. Albeit that David Lynch shot it, so all you saw was Kyle MacLachlan's face. Behind Kyle MacLachlan was 2,000 people. <laughs> <laughs> all wearing rubber suits. Right? I bet it smelled <laughs> lovely. Well, I saw um, a making of, um, and Kyle MacLachlan's actually talking now, because like, yeah. like we said, first film and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight out of university, and he's told, like, you know, you're being cast, this is the main character, these are the kind of people going to be in there. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be acting alongside Max von Sydow and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first time he met Max von Sydow was the actual, uh, the, the checking of the suit scene. In the, yeah, in the, in, yeah, in the still suit scene. You know, yeah, you, yeah. yeah you've, 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 you know, you're dressed like a Fremen would, like, you know, you've dressed yeah, yourself like, yeah. like they would. And he said, you remember shooting? And he said, we were shooting in Mexico. These, su- these suits were absolutely violent. So, of course, 
be trying to, you know, keep your composure, not show that you're boiling hot and you're sweating. Yeah, yeah. And he said, I just happened to notice Max von Sydow's when his, his arms are down by his side, little pools of water down by his feet. So I'm looking at him now, and I can notice the, the, the sweat is, is dripping out of the sleeve on his, oh. on his suit. <laughs> it was that warm. But of course, when it's like, right, we're going to start filming, consummate professional, back yeah. in the moment, yeah, you know. Yeah. And no mention, no mourning, nothing. And he was like, oh my God. I'm, I'm working with proper actors, like, you know, yeah, yeah. No, no sort of, you know, oh my God, I'm boiling and melting. No, nothing like that. Nothing. Suffering silence. Just yeah. stand there, do your lines, yeah. and then you're out to there, like, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, Von Cedar, I've always been a massive fan of his because I think he is, you know, he is a su- just a superb actor in every sense of it. And yeah. he's massively underused in this. And we talk, this is the thing, right? There are massive action scenes in this. David yeah. Lynch is not, you know, his films before this were Eraserhead and Elephant Man. He's not yeah. known for action. No. And, you know, at least we forget, that if you look at the films that after, it's, it's not, I don't think he's ever probably done an action sequence since. I mean, except for, um, um, you know, the straight story. I mean, the car chases in that are just... Uh... <laughs> I know, all at, what was it, 10 miles an hour, you yeah. know, on the lawnmower. Um, I saw that film you know. in Chapter Arts in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, and i got to be honest, just for being, you know, talk about being in a room full of really wanky, arty types. <laughs> I had to kick my own ass when I left the room for that. It was just, it was just, oh my god, the level of pretentiousness—you could cut it with a knife. It's a great film, though. I like the straight story. I think it's a really good film. It's a, well, it's quite touching, isn't it? Yeah, it story. is. Yeah, it yeah, is. Really, is quite touching, and you know, especially when you compare. Like, I think after he made this, he must have made uh, Wilder Heart. Yeah, not far off. Not far off. He must have, he must have, you know, with a completely coked up Nicolas Cage. <laughs> have, you ever seen, have you ever seen that TV clip of Nicolas Cage going on to something like Wogan? <laughs> if you, you have a lot of activity, Terry. If you haven't seen that clip, right, go to YouTube, put in Nicolas Cage on a TV show, and literally it's like, it's, let's say, for example, it's Terry Wogan. And if you're listening from different parts of the world, he was a television and radio presenter who was revered in the UK. Yeah. Uh, quite, quite rightly so, because the guy was a brilliant presenter. And he introduces, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Nicholas Cage. And the next thing you know, this thing is cartwheeling out to the backstage area, <laughs> high-kicking everywhere, you know, with his eyeballs, you know, huge, and his nostrils flaring, you know, like, you know, it's like, that man's on cocaine. That man is on cocaine. It's right up there with Diego Maradona running up to the camera in the 94 World Cup. You've, you've just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. You have just... No wonder they drug tested him after that goal. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder. No. So, Diego, would you, would you mind peeing in this cup for me, please? <laughs> really? <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah. got to go to the toilet a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So... The fact now that we've, so, we've, weird, we've, we've cartwheeled off into Nicolas Cage's cocaine, cocaine-fueled appearance on Wogan and Diego Maradona in the 94 World Cup. 
I think and the, so- and the, and the songs Michael Bolton should really do re- release now as a power ballad. Let's let's bring this let's bring this one together, shall we? Let's <laughs> let's try. Our let's time try. our time on Arrakis is now drawing near. Um, yes. For me, I think Dune as a book is it is it is science fiction gold. It is you know it 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 it's it's an amazing book and it should be held up there with Jordo you know. George Orwell's 1984, but in terms of science fiction, you know, and and right, and people like Asimov and those type of those amazing writers and Arthur C. Clarke, I think uh, Herbert is a genius, and he's you know he created a world that is so complex and is so detailed, and is and it is writing is 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 a magnificent. But I do think, like I said at the beginning, it's probably got more in keeping with Lord of the Rings than it does anything else. Yeah. That said, the film I think is a big highlight reel for like moments in the book, and there are moments in this film where it is stunning to look at. And I think Sean Young is brilliant in this film. I think she gives a really good performance with quite possibly some of the most horrific dialogue ever written for somebody. Yeah, but then she falls into the Max von Sydow sort of yeah, car- yeah, uh, yeah. category, Ma- is that that she doesn't have a lot to do, and. It, it, Person's well, goes. I'm saying, you know, Kyle MacLachlan's got the lion's share, isn't he? You know, yes. Oh, yeah. You know, it's his film. It is his. Of course film. it is. Of course it is. But you know, short little. I know the little side note regarding Sean Young. Sean Young made Blade Runner. Then yeah. she made. Then she made Young Doctors in Love. <laughs> then she made Dune. Yeah. Then she made uh, Baby. The, yes. Do you remember that? Yes. The dinosaur film. Yeah. 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 What a weird ass sequence of films that is, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, you, I wonder what an agent was doing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nicholas, how nice to see you yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you, how do you score Dune? How do you score Dune? I mean, for me, I think I I I'd, I'd have to come in at a seven. Well, my my immediate thought was. A six, simply because it's. I don't want to call it a failure. I want to call it a fantastic failure because it's a magnificent flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it still astonishes me the, the the budget on it for when it was made. It just it's blows blown. my mind. Yeah, yeah. you know, you, in this day and age, you probably look in what two two fifty easily. Yeah. God, could you? But wouldn't you love to see Dino De Laurentiis's face watching the four-hour cut? Well, Herbert saw the original cut that Lynch did. Yeah, and, and, he, and he and he really liked it. He did. He loved it. He loved the overall vision of it. Yeah, you know, which sort of gets you thinking, right? Well, the guy who wrote it likes the the the, the main version. Yeah, um, Universal and. I don't think it was Delorentis. I think it was Universal probably thereafter. But they probably went, well, there's absolutely no way we can sell a four-hour sci-fi film to no, people who've no, never no, read no, the books no, before. No. And, you know, I, I get that. I understand that. But, you know, it's just, it's, it's absolutely mental. Isn't it? <laughs> 40 million quid in 1984 for a guy making his third film based on, yeah. what's it, four books at that time? Yeah, Five it's about four books, books. Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous. 
Ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, in terms of my scoring for it, I mean, I've given it four points for just having Toto on there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. That's yeah. cool, man. That <laughs> I, 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 I should... I, 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 I could, if I if I was being harsh, I could say five just because Sting is in it because he's really shit. Yeah. Forget, like you know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> he's fucking awful. He's a dumb man. Oh, okay. uh, but yeah, you know, it's it, uh, it's one of those ones. I think if you're a film fan, you've got to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I think it, you, it needs it's something that you need to experience. And I mean, like even like even though some of the effects for like the worms are a little bit dodgy at times, watch it on a big screen. And yeah. it's very, very effective. And the desert scenes look stunning. They look yeah. stunning. And the costume design is stunning. And the performances are bonkers. Yeah, they, and they a, are. And it's a mess. But yeah. there is something about it that you will be drawn back to time and time again. Yeah. And, and i got to be honest, the rotor scoping isn't the best on it either, is it? <laughs> the blue eyes. Because... <laughs> The blue eyes, you know, the rotoscoping, you know, it, it, it should be quite specific, not, you know, oh, we'll just put blue all over it with the, where their eyes and their yeah. eye sockets yeah. are, you know. Just make them look like, in. yeah, they've dyed their own eye socket. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not the okay. best. It's not the best, but, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's got its own charm, I suppose, isn't it? You it know? And I think that, I think that sums it up wonderfully. Without it, 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 It's a film that has its own charm. Yeah, yeah, and you know there are there are many other films out there that you know are lifeless and soulless and don't they don't even look half as fucking good as that. No, 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 and you know, and yet it is battered. The critics yeah. battered it, and people still batter it to this day. Yeah, but yeah. There is, but it is a, it's the it is the marmite of all science fiction films. That's that's, that's probably right. You know, everybody's got a fan of, you know, Star Wars being perhaps the most obvious, Star Trek, you know, the next. And then, yeah. unfortunately, there are people out there like Wing Commander. But, oh. you know. <laughs> <laughs> careful, <laughs> careful. You know, They'll they, track probably, us down. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is, isn't there? But, you know, it's, it's proper 50-50 in there. And let's be honest. If you don't get a kick out of Kyle MacLachlan and Everett McGill riding on the back of a giant penis whilst <laughs> is is playing in the background, then frankly, you're not a film fan as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it is kind of like almost like a gateway into some of my dreams, but we won't talk about that now. <laughs> you were, there's something wrong with you today. Oh, God. I, I've been making swords for the last like six hours. <laughs> is that a euphemism? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> We'll talk again. Um, we will. We will. Anyway, you. I'm coming in as a seven. You. Are you coming in on a six? Yeah. 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 I think that's fair to say. As yeah. Always, my brother. Thank you for being on. It's been emotional, and I. You know, next time we're gonna have to do something that we both really haven't sort of spent the time avoiding doing because <laughs> we said we were gonna do it. Yeah, I think it's about time we actually got around to that now, isn't yeah, it? You know? Yeah, yeah, we'll do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, actually talking about the film itself instead of, like, you know, the greatest hits of what Michael Bolton might sing, you know, <laughs> it's a lovely thought to have. But yeah, yeah. yeah. And cocaine fueled the uh, guest show appearances. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to look at that clip. I, I will, I will, track, it down. To, I will track it down. I will look at that clip. As right. 
always, my man. It is great to have you on, and I can't wait for us to for you to come back on next time. Um, honestly, this episode may have melted my brain. Um, <laughs> I think, but, I, uh, yeah, I think I'm with you on that. One, to be honest. <laughs> well, enjoy your Sunday night. Take it easy, I'm my going brother. To. And I I'm will speak to you soon. Take care, pal. Peace and love. <laughs> As always, I want to say thank you to my man, Mr. Leighton Winston, who will be back on the next episode. And let me just hint at what could be coming our way. Flash! <laughs> yes, I'm looking forward to that episode very, very much. So, what we got next? Well, I'll tell you what we got next. We have got What the Wookiee Watched and kicking us off. This time is a Netflix own. Is Muck G's The Babysitter. All right, tomorrow night, you, me, party. What up? Call us if there's any trouble, okay? Cole, don't cause any trouble. I bet B has boys over at your place all the time. That's what babysitters do. Seriously, have you ever been awake after she's fallen asleep? People have always done human sacrifice. Yeah, but like, not in America with hot people. Hey. Hi, Cole. Not weird, we're just having fun. Things get messy when you make a deal with the devil. Why is he shirtless? That's your first question? There's only one way to end this poll. Fuck you! So that was the trailer for The Babysitter 2017. Like I said, directed by uh, Muck G. Uh, it was written by uh, Brian Duffield. It stars Jude Lewis, uh, Samara Weaving, uh, Robbie Amell, Hannah May Lee, uh, Bella Thorne, Emily Allen Lind, Andrew Batchelor, uh, Doug Haley, Leslie Bibb, and Ken Marino. This, I gotta be honest, guys, this really, really, this film took me completely by surprise. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I saw the trailer, it completely hooked me. Um, however, when uh, McGee's name did spring up, 
I did have that moment of, oh, no. But he is on top form on this. And um, it's a Netflix film, so it's streaming on Netflix now. I think it is an absolutely brilliant, brilliant film. It's light. It's fluffy. Um, it's got good comedy in it. It's got good gore. Um, it's silly. It's irreverent. Um, it doesn't get bogged down into sort of uh, too saccharine kind of moments. But um, it's sort of... It, it, Samara Weaving is really, really good. And she goes from that, you know, the the fun, caring babysitter to the complete psycho in you know it, and it's all done very 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 well um judah lewis as well he's really good in it um in a in a part that you know the character could be um somewhat annoying but he, you know he's able to really really pull it off it's a great film um it's got great laughs it's got uh really really good moments in it um it, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. It's you know, is it perfect? By no means, in any way, shape, or form. But it is very, very, very entertaining. It's well worth a look. Um, I'd give it a seven point five. I think it's really, really good. So, um, and you know, if you got Netflix, give it a shout. Okay, guys. So that's the Babysitter from two thousand and seventeen. Check that one out. Okay, up next, we're going. Back to the 80s. We're going back in time, ladies and gentlemen, to Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 from 1987. Let's check out the trailer. Vicky's getting ready for the prom. Good morning, prom queen. Only nominated, not the winner. But she's about to get a visit from the past. I've been seeing things. Hallucinations about Mary Lou Maloney. That girl who died at our school. My mind plays strange tricks. It's not my mind, damn you. It's Mary Lou Maloney. We're in trouble, you and I. What are you talking about? Mary Lou Maloney has come back. It's like I'm not in control of myself. I am afraid I might hurt somebody. Somehow her spirit has come back from the grave and she will come after you and me. This is the only thing that will protect you. Dina, be gone. Be gone? Come on. Come on. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2 from 1987. It was directed by uh, Bruce Pittman, and it was written by Ron Oliver. It stars Lisa Scarridge, Michael Ironside, the wonderful Michael Ironside, uh, Wendy Leon, uh, Louis Ferreira, Richard Monette, Terry Hawkes, Brock Simpson, Beverly Hendry, Beth Gondick, Will- Wendell Smith. There's a huge cast in this one. Um... I always remember this film for its um, for its poster of uh, of Mary Lou in her prom dress, uh, sort of almost reaching out to the locker. 
Um, always remember the VHS cover of that and the poster as well. It was just one of those in sort of burnt in memories from going to your local video rental store or your video shop if you're in the UK. Um, it's it, I, I I got a nostalgic sort of uh, feel for this film. Um, Michael Ironside is at his uh, chi- uh, scene chewing best. <laughs> um, this film has it all. It's got the uh, sort of slasher, possession, um, body switching. It's got the lot in it. It's it, it's you know demons. It, it's it, it's a, it's a silly 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 film um, that just sort of there are moments where it does seem to go on forever. Probably a bit like this podcast. But is it worth going back and looking at? Um, yeah, it is. Um, however, it is a little bit rough. Um, <laughs> and like I said, if you can stick with it, the payoff is really, really good. I mean, this, there's the, you know, the scenes at the end of the film where the burnt corpse on Mary Lou comes back is brilliant. It's a, it's a really, it, the, the effect is really, really good. Um, I got a lot of time for this film. Um, I think you can probably find a, a version of this on YouTube. If not, it's uh, streaming on Amazon Prime, I believe. So uh, go and check that one out. Um, and where would I come in on this? I mean, I'd probably come in on this about a 6.5. Um, is it a classic up there with all those wonderful ladies horror? No. Has this got absolutely anything to do with the original Prom Night? No. Nothing whatsoever. But hey, that never stopped anybody linking... Uh, a completely irrelevant uh, film to a franchise. So, uh, but no, it's worth it. Go and see it. Uh, check it out. Like I said, it's on Amazon Prime. Uh, I think you can find it on YouTube as well. Um, and it's a 6.5 from me. Okay, up next is David Cronenberg's take on Stephen King's short uh, story, The Dead Zone, starring Christopher Walken. Let's check out the trailer. If the future were in your hands. Taurus is screaming. The house is burning. Would you change it? Hurry up, hurry up. It's not too late. Touch this man's hand, and you are in the grip of the dead zone. I've had another episode. Only the imagination of author Stephen King could take you there. Johnny Lake. With a power that alters the future lives of those you love. You want to kill your own son? I want you out of here. I'm scared, Dad. Or of those you fear. I have had a vision that I am going to be president of the United States someday, and nobody... I mean, nobody! Gonna stop me. Is it a power for good or for evil? God has seen fit to bless you with this gift. You should use it. Bless me? You're a devil. Who are you? Who sent you? I'm scared, sir. What's happening to me? We're gonna get married. Johnny, don't leave me, please. Don't you see how clear it all is? Not only can you see the future, I can change it. Stephen King, The Dead Zone.
Okay. Oh, God, I love that trailer. I really, really love that trailer. Um, of course, this is The Dead Zone from 1983, directed by David Cronenberg, based on the short story by uh, Stephen King. And the screenplay was by Jeffrey Bowen. Of course, it stars Christopher Walken, Brooke Adams, Tom Skerritt, Herbert Lom, Anthony Zerb, uh, Martin Sheen. Now, this is a great film. I, you know, I think out of all the Stephen King adaptations, this is right up there with them for me. Um, and it's much, much, it, it's so underrated. People really, really don't um, go back and visit this enough and hold it up in the esteem that it should be. Christopher Walken's performance in it is pretty out there. Um, his intonation on his speech is, I don't, I, but I don't know what he was doing, but it works. It really, really works. Um, but his balance is, uh, you know, his performance is really balanced out by a really, really strong cast. I think Martin Sheen is fantastic as the evil would-be uh, world-ending president. Um, Tom Skerritt is superb. And, of course, Herbert Lom. Now, people always remember Herbert Lom from um, the Pink Panther movies. And he's brilliant in the Pink Panther movies. And I love the Pink Panther movies. But he is a great actor. Um, and in this, he gets to show it. This film has some really, really unsettling moments in it. Um, I really, really enjoy it. And I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to give you know, don't want to give a lot away. Um, but it is absolutely brilliant. Brilliant. Um, I can't sort of praise this enough. Um, and I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. I've got to give it an 8 out of 10 because it, it is just, it is one of my favourite Stephen King adaptations. One of my favourite Christopher Walken uh, performances. Um, I think it's really, really good in it. And if you're a fan of Stephen King and, you know, read the short story, see this film. Um, it's so good. It's so, so good. So, uh, yeah. Get that one up, you know. Get that one up. I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime again. I think it's available on Shudder as well. So um, also the TV series um, that ran for a little while, uh, but that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, our time together draws to an end once again. But don't worry, we'll be back soon enough. Myself and Mr. Winston, we will be bringing you. Some more frights and delights and some shocks. So, as always, I've got a couple of uh, shout-outs and hellos. I want to give a big shout-out, as always, to my man Blake over at uh, Spivey Point on Twitter. So that's Blake at Spivey Point. Uh, guys, get yourselves over to his Twitter account and give him a follow because he's a sup- it's well worth it. And he's a great guy. He is, he's absolutely brilliant. And he has an impeccable taste in film. So get yourselves over there. I want to give a big shout out to my man CJ over at VHS Revival. Again, brilliant, brilliant uh, blog. Speaking of blogs, get yourselves over to Schlock Horror. And of course, you know, Paul was on our last episode and he's been on before and we're going to have him back soon. So get yourselves over uh, to his blog. Uh, and again, great, great writing over there. Great, great writing. And again, superb tasting film. Um, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Gidget Von LaRue and Angry Man of the uh, retro, uh, uh, <laughs> I need some retro movie geek, but I'll come to you guys in a minute, of retro movie cinema. Um, I love these guys. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant show. Get yourselves uh, over to their show and have a listen. 
because they're absolutely superb and I'm really, really looking forward to appearing on their show. I think we're going to be talking Maximum Overdrive. Um, I love that film. Again, another Stephen King film. Get yourselves over there and watch, uh, get yourselves out there and uh, watch that one because people give that one an absolute hiding and it doesn't deserve it. It's well worth it. Um, as always, I want to give a big shout out to Joel, Peter and Daryl over at Retro Movie Geek. A brilliant, brilliant podcast. Um, I think... Uh, if by the time I release this, um, the latest episode will be a Batman from uh, 1989. So get yourselves over there and listen to that. Of course, I want to say hello to uh, to Jay, uh, Jay the Dead, Wolfman Josh, and Doctor Shock uh, over at Horror Movie Podcast. My favorite uh, podcast of all time is a brilliant, brilliant show. I love it. So get yourselves uh, over there and listen to that. Uh, of course, you've got Gregor Mortis and his crew over at Land of the Creeps. Go over and listen to them. Of course, wh- what kind of host would I be if I didn't say a big shout out to Al and Jeff over at Cadavercast? You, you get to hear Al signing us off on this episode and on every episode. Guys, it's a they're a brilliant, brilliant father and son team and their show is wonderful. It really, really is wonderful. And very, very soon, hopefully... I will be messaging you soon, Jeff, so be on the lookout because uh, we're going to have you both, Al and Jeff, over on this. And I think we're going to be talking a, a Ray Harryhausen movie at some point. So I'm really excited for that. As always, guys, I am always very, very humbled and grateful for you uh, tweeting me and for uh, messaging and following the show and subscribing. But what would be really, really helpful to get this show out there is if you could come and give us some five-star reviews up on uh, iTunes. There's a couple up there already, uh, but a few more wouldn't go amiss. So that would be really, really helpful. Remember, you can follow the show on iTunes. You can follow us on SoundCloud. You can also uh, check out some of the earlier episodes on YouTube. Um, I will be getting back to that at some point, but uh, I have to do the day job as well. So, ladies and gentlemen, our time draws to an end. And as always, I'd like to leave you with the immortal words of Count Dracula. Good night out there, whatever you are.
This is Al from Cadavercast. You've been listening to the Undead Wookiee. The back.